This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back to Sportsbook. We want to transition out of football talk, out of the NBA, and hit a subject we haven't in a few weeks. Maybe it's even been months, but one that I know a lot of our viewers and listeners care about, and that is mixed martial arts. We have the pleasure of having in PFL fighter Kayla Harrison. Hi, Kayla. Hi. All right, thanks for coming in. Uh, You are with the PFL. And that's the Professional Fighters the League. Professional Fighters League, correct. Um, tell me a little about the league before we get into kind of the recent news and, and mm-hmm. streaming success, because uh, fair to say, not yet a household name, even within MMA, correct. but getting bigger quickly. For sure. So the PFL, first of all, is only nine months old. So it's a baby. Um, and there's a bunch of great investors who decided they wanted to have an MMA promotion that was much more sports-driven and less entertainment-driven. So they developed this league. And it's what you would see on the NFL or the NBA. You know, it's a regular season, it's a postseason, and it's a championship. And every year a new champion is crowned, and that person walks away with a million dollars. So it's not really your traditional MMA, like, fighters talk trash, and then they get this, you know, title shot or interim titles or, like, all this crazy circus stuff. No, this is a sport. And um, it's it's going big places. Well, so it's not traditional MMA, but it's actually more close to what we're used to with traditional sports leagues exactly. in terms of the season and the kind of exactly. bracket format, if you will, that I exactly. think most American sports fans want. No, it's it's it perfect. It's fan friendly, and even better, it's fighter friendly because it's not about you know your image or how pretty you are, or how much trash you talk. It's about what you can do inside of a cage. So I feel like that's win win for everyone involved: the investors, the fighters, the fans. You know, they're going to see great fights. They're going to see people who are successful get to continue on with their career and have a chance to change their lives. What can you do inside the cage? What, what, what do you mean? What can <laughs> Just I do? Just easy. I mean, <laughs> how would you describe I your, do it all. your style? Um, so my background is judo. So I right. won two gold medals for the U.S. Um, in the Olympics. And after that, I sort of just decided, like, I was done with judo. I knew that I had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish twice. Um, but I wasn't quite done athletically. So... Crazy me said, why don't I try stepping in a cage and throwing some punches? And it turns out that I love it even more than I love judo. It's like there's nothing quite like, I don't know. Judo is great because it is a combat sport, but there are a lot of rules, and they stop you, and they start you, and it's very, like, it can be very bureaucratic and all of this stuff. And in MMA, it's literally, like, it's you versus one other person. Like, the only rules are, like, you know, no eye gouging or, like, crazy stuff. And There's no folding chairs. Yeah, no folding chairs. It's not fake. It's real. It's as real as it gets. And if you want to win, you have to find a way, mentally and physically. So for me, I just, I'm obsessed with it. Uh, I love that your background is in judo. I mean, I think it, it gives you us do? the opportunity. Well, it gives us the opportunity to talk about a few different things that we're often hitting with certain types of athletes. And that is, you know, what do you do when you've competed at the highest level in a I guess niche sport, if that's mm-hmm. fair to say, if we're talking about judo. Definitely. And then, okay, you win two gold medals. Incredible, by the way. So Thank awesome. And then, well, what do you do after that? And this happens a lot with Olympic athletes where it's oh, like, yeah. all right, you know, if you're someone who you've been to the Olympics, maybe you no longer can do the train for four whole years thing, but yeah. you want to be able to compete on another mm-hmm. level. And in a lot of sports, there is nowhere else to compete right. anymore. I mean, There's is that no the case with judo? Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, Post-Olympic depression is a very real thing. And I'm sure. It's funny because I think people automatically assume, you know, you're this driven person, you're this type A personality, you're this, like, athlete. And especially if you win, everyone's like, oh, you must be so happy. Your life must be, like, you must be walking on clouds. And you are, 
but you're also all of a sudden this person without a purpose. You know, you don't have a goal to wake up for every day. You don't have a reason to get out of bed. And when you've woken up for one thing, literally a gold medal, every single day for the last 20 years of your life, and then you have nothing but a blank wall, it's a very scary and depressing feeling. So I love MMA for that reason. It gave me a, a renewed purpose in life. It gave me a second chance. Not only a second chance, but a huge platform. You know, judo, like you said, is very small in the United States. I mean, statistically, the fact that I won a gold medal is a miracle in and of itself just because nobody does it. Well, and I wouldn't know where to watch judo, for example, well, other than when it's in the you Olympics. Wouldn't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> it's like, where's the judo channel? You, I mean, they have a judo YouTube channel where okay. you, can, you can watch the international judo uh, events, but... Really, it's not it's not popular in the U.S. And MMA is the fastest growing sport in our country, but it's also the fastest growing sport in the world. So this is a huge platform, a huge opportunity for me, and really for women and for combat athletes everywhere. You know, wrestlers who maybe are not don't want to wrestle, or maybe the college route isn't for them, or you know, boxers. I mean, female boxers are you know starting to make a surge, but you can transition into into MMA pretty easily. Yeah, so. really hard for a female boxer. I mean, if you're not Layla Ali, I think it's really hard to, it to is. make it's a name tough. for yourself. I mean, my Olympic teammate Clarissa Shields is doing a great job. You know, she's bringing, you know, a lot of attention to the boxing world as a pro, no, not as an amateur anymore, as a pro. But it's, I don't know, I feel like boxing in and of itself is like kind of a sport that's dying a little bit, sadly. So Yeah, don't let Oscar De La Hoya hear you say that. Mm. He'll tell you Canelo Alvarez is bringing it back. Uh, the other thing I want to make sure I ask, since we're talking about the Olympics, uh, when we talk about Olympic athletes, and it's not Michael Phelps, it's not Usain Bolt, it's not Lindsey Vaughn, mm. we also get into, you know, I cover sports business, mm. it's often hard to earn a living, even right oh, after goodness. the Olympics. And even when you're in the Olympics, if you're not one of the biggest stars, and, and that's... If you're not like a track athlete, right. a gymnast, or a swimmer, like, just forget it. You know, you're considered that second tier of, you know, all Olympians are not created equal, despite what, you know, you think growing up and you hope to achieve. For me, I was able to make a living doing judo, especially after I won my first gold Okay, that's what I wanted to So I was very lucky. I was very fortunate. I had sponsors. You know, the Olympic Committee took care of me. Um, I've, you know, started giving speeches, using my platform in different ways. But, you know, all Olympians are not created equally. And for me... That makes it, it's hard to be an Olympic athlete. It's a very special thing. Like, you don't go to the Olympics because you want to be rich. You don't go to the Olympics because you want to be famous. Right. You don't go to the Olympics because you want to be a household name. Or You go literally because you have this inner desire inside of you to be the best in the world at what you do. And that's it. But it would and be nice if those things those, follow. <laughs> no, it would be great. But as long as you keep those expectations, you know, realistic, then you're going to have a great Olympic experience. But if you go to the Olympics planning to be, you know, I don't know. Lindsey Vaughn, <laughs> forget it. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the league. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a good week to have you in because the PFL just announced this big news with yes, ESPN. breaking news. Where it's going to stream on ESPN+, and that is a service that we have talked a lot about uh, at Yahoo recently as it has ramped up and they've added more deals, yeah. and then also show on ESPN2. Yep. So obvious why that's big for PFL. But in addition, ESPN, I think, has gone bigger on MMA recently. ESPN+, Plus also has UFC Fight Night. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. I mean, does that... That's interesting to me because, two, you would think competitor leagues, mm. both showing on ESPN, yeah. and is it just maybe rising tide lifts all boats, or does that put pressure on you guys to try and say, to try and show that actually we're better structured than the UFC, even though that's kind well, of like the I de said, facto? The sport is growing. You know, obviously the UFC has been a monopoly for quite some time, but there's a huge thirst for MMA in, in the world. You know, there are fans, it's growing rapidly, and I feel like ESPN has done a great job because, you know, 
10 months ago, they didn't have any MMA on their sh- on their shows or on their channels at all. And now they have two of the biggest promotions in the world. Wild. Um, you know, Thursday nights and Friday nights are going to be MMA nights. So it's it's I think it's great. I think competition is healthy. And look, to be quite frank, you know, we give a very, very, very different product than the UFC. You know, it's not, it's not, um, like I said, it's not entertainment. And also, not to talk crap, you know, they PFL is not. No, the PFL is the PFL is entertainment because it's sport, which is okay. why people go to ESPN right. to watch sports. Not to so. Watch. Do you think it's more serious? I take it serious. I mean, obviously, if you want to, at the moment, the UFC is you know synonymous with MMA. Everyone thinks that that's what MMA is. But we're here to prove that it's not, and we're here to prove that there's another way to do this. There's another way to show that you can be successful in MMA. You can run a, an MMA business and still keep it a sport business, not just this entertainment like circus that they go, have going on. And not to mention, like, all of our shows are going to be, you know, the best fighters. You know, the UFC signed a deal with ESPN, but they also still maintain the right to have pay-per-view shows. And they always save their best stuff for the pay-per-views. So right, right. ESPN's getting a different product with them than they're getting with us. I'm glad you brought that up because I think pay-per-view in general has... Uh, Died down? Well, people have realized how obsolete the model is and mm. how um, unkind to the consumer. Mm. And, you know, another sort of newish sports streaming world business that we've talked about a lot, we've had the people behind it in on this podcast, is DAZN. Mm. And, you know, th- they too have sort of made their stumping speech that, hey, we think that pay-per-view is not the right model to show yeah. people fights. You know, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So we want to do it as a, you know, pay one fee per month, all you can eat buffet. Yeah. So maybe that's where things are going. I definitely think that's where things are going. And, you know, not just MMA, but in sports in general, I think like we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. It's starting in combat sports. That's yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah, I think combat sports kind of lends itself to be the new guinea pig for new options yeah, for viewership. Yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're becoming a mainstream sport, but we're not quite as big as all of those other mainstream sports yet. So I think we're the, we are we're the perfect guinea pig. Now, when we're talking about the, the structure and, and being more typical to what the average fan is used to in terms of, like, you know, a playoff structure or whatever you want to call it. Um, I remember years back also talking to Bellator about that. That's another promoter. Um, Is this a situation where because it's still relatively early days for the sport and because of the growth, there can be multiple promoters and and different leagues or eventually, you know, we'll kind of slim down and and only the strong will survive and there will be two or three main ones? Um, You know, I think over time it's... MMA has proven that there's going to always be a couple different organizations around, but the big ones you know, are going to have to sort of figure out what product and, and what kind of promotion they want to be. You know, Bellator did a good job in the past of trying things out, testing the water, trying tournament-style stuff. The UFC's really gotten away from that since the, their early days when they used to have the, you know, one-winner-takes-all type thing. Um, so now I think the PFL's in a really strong position just because we are – it's very unique. You know, it's not just one weight class. It's six weight classes. Um it's all kinds of new technology they're bringing to the cage, all kinds of just a totally different experience than what you would normally get watching an MMA fight. So I think they're in a good position to be, by the end of the year, you know, one of the top, top MMA promotions in the world. Uh, let's rewind here a little bit. We were talking about the Olympics and kind of the difficulty of making a name for oneself and mm-hmm. earning if you're not in that, you know, one of the most visible sports and one of the most visible names in that sport. So tell me a little bit now after you've transitioned and now you're an MMA fighter, tell me about kind of branding yourself and mm-hmm. trying to get out there, uh, you know, in terms of outside the cage. 
what you think about in terms of businesses or yeah. investments or branding or opportunities you take for sponsors? Well, it's interesting because, you know, when you're a part of the Olympics, you're a part of Team USA. And now, really, I'm Team Kayla. Everything I do has to make sense for me, and, and I have to bring in the right people that, to, to surround me and to lift me up to where I want to be and not, you know, you don't get a team uniform and they say, okay, you know, go USA. It's like, all right, I have to decide how I look. I have to decide what I promote. I have to decide, you know, what image I want to portray to the world because this is my brand and this, this is who I am. So for me, it's been interesting just to have that kind of freedom, to be honest. Like, I'm... 28 years old and I'm still trying to figure out like who is Kayla you know I have a foundation you know I wrote a book um, like I said I'm very honored to be a part of the PFL I, I believe that this is the right direction for the sport I don't believe you know in talking trash I, I've come from a very like rich cultured sport judo is you know you first thing you do is you bow to your opponent to show right. respect so this is a great fit for me I feel like I'm still coming into my own in terms of branding but I feel like we get along you know like peanut butter and jelly. Well, it's funny when you say, you know, you're sort of on your own, but also with the PFL, I mean, right now, as you said, it's existed nine months. You, correct me if I'm wrong, it kind of seems like for now you are the face of it. I hope so. Yeah. I want to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so is that something that you think about? Is there pressure that comes with that? I mean, one one debate we love having is who is the face of X, whether it's mm -hmm, Major League mm -hmm. Baseball, mm -hmm. the NFL, and every baseball season we do this on our live shows. We have fun because... Uh, Who it, is the in face sort of, of baseball? Well, exactly. That's the question. And I don't right now, I don't think there is one. Now, there are a couple of people that most baseball nuts think, well, that's the best baseball player. You know, Mike Trout. Mm. Mm. But Mike Trout is not a famous, marketable person at all. Right. You know, the right. average person right. on the street would not recognize him on the street. Well, I personally like to call myself a unicorn. When I first signed with the PFL, you know, they took me around and we did all of the media and stuff like that. And it was like, um, you know... Well, supposedly she can fight, but let's see if she can talk and let's see if she can, you know, do the, the little the dance package. and like come with the whole package. And then yeah. at the end of the day, the PR guy was like, man, I hadn't even had a fight yet. So they didn't actually know if I could <laughs> fight. They just assumed and they're like, man, I really hope you can fight because you're a great talker. And then after I fought, they were like, oh, my God, you're a unicorn. You're what we've been waiting for. So that's my like little nickname. Uh, and I think it's true. You know, I want to be the face. I feel like um, I thrive under pressure. I feel like, you know. We're breaking a lot of ceilings and we're doing a lot of firsts with this promotion, but I've got big shoulders, so put the weight on me. When we talk about this sport right now and, and trying to make it bigger and get people to become fans who might not think that they care about MMA, um, I feel like it's... I have to ask about kind of the Ronda Rousey story. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you get asked about her to the point of yeah, it being annoying. Yeah, she's my old but, teammate, my okay. old roommate back right. when, during her judo days. So. Right, same, same origins, judo. But then, you know, her path, it's almost like she got so big and then people became really critical because she lost those two fights. Yeah, and, I think that Ronda... Uh, I mean, are there, I guess I'm asking, like, if there are lessons you took from oh watching gosh, her million. sort of rise yeah. and then the way that the fans were sort of... Well, you know, there's of... a reason that I trained for a whole year before I stepped in the cage. And there's a reason that, you know, I moved to Florida to train at American Top Team, one of the best gyms in the world for MMA. You know, I didn't stay in Boston, where I probably could have and had some success, because I wasn't what was best for my career. And the people I have around me, I make sure, you know, I call... I call the other type of people yes men. You know, they'll tell you what you want to hear because they can see you're on a meteoric rise and you're going to be, you know, this great big star. But I don't want those people around me. You know, I want people who are going to keep me real, who are going to keep me honest and be like, hey, Kayla, like, you've got some spinach in your teeth. But also, like, hey, <laughs> Kayla, you know, what the heck are you doing? Like, you need to get up and go train. Or 
no, that's never going to work, or you can't leave the house dressed like that. You know, like, I, I need people like that in my life to keep me honest and to keep me humble. But I also truly believe that um, once I set my mind to being the best at something, like, that's it. So I want to be the best MMA fighter in the world, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that possible. I'm not going to get lazy. I'm not going to get tired of it. I'm not going to get, you know, bored with it. I'm not going to go off and do movies and not do the right things in order to be the best fighter in the world because those opportunities will be there as long as I continue to do what makes me successful. You are putting the sport first. Absolutely. I keep thinking of, did you see A Star is Born? Yeah, I watched okay. it last night again. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I keep thinking of, you know, the scene where he goes to see her on SNL yeah. and she does that horrible like, song that, that like, has yeah. made Oh, my pop. God. And I got like, so mad when I watched it again her last her night. And sort of, no, I know. I was like, like she lost what her. made her her, you know? Like, anyone totally. can do that. Anyone can be some, like, I don't know, robot cookie model, but right. the thing is, like, you have to do what makes you special and what makes you successful. In that vein, who are athletes, current, retired, male or female, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pro athletes that you have looked to as good role models uh, in terms of not just in their sport, but then how they conduct themselves and do certain endorsements and opportunities mm-hmm. off the field? Or well, off the I was court. always a fan of Michael Jordan. You know, I always just felt like he epitomized greatness, and he was like... He was that psycho, you know, he was that guy that was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the best. And like, Mr. Point got angry or like, you know, didn't, I mean, in his like Hall of Fame speech, he's like, I remember that coach who didn't pick me first and had me sit on the bench. And I'm like, you're the greatest of all time. And you're like thinking about like your high school coach. You're crazy. I love it. So Michael Jordan was always a huge inspiration for me. I also loved, you know, my judo coach, Jimmy Pedro. He's a two-time Olympic bronze medalist in judo. He's a world champion. You know, he coached the first ever Olympic gold medalist in judo, and there's no, you know, there's no secret to that. You know, he is just, he leads by example. He's always been a strong mentor in my life and um, very successful, very happy person, and that's kind of the people that I want to emulate. How can we get people to try watching MMA who think that they're not interested? Because, you know, when I when I talk about this sport, either you realize that someone you're with is a huge fan already and you mm-hmm. didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's almost like closeted MMA fans. And, and I have a couple of friends who I just I had no idea that they're really into this stuff. Yeah. Or it's the complete other end where they say, oh, yeah, I don't I, I wouldn't want to watch it. I just feel like it has something to offer for everyone. So this is my whole thing about MMA. It's such a weird, eclectic group of people who are the athletes. So first you have... Who are martial artists? Like, let's be honest. Martial artists, like, those are the kids. If you grew up doing martial arts, you were the kid that couldn't make the team, right? You were the kid mm. that didn't make the baseball team. You didn't make the football team. So, so your karate. mom took you to karate, you know? <laughs> those are those kids. So they're kind of like the outcasts a little bit, like the, the Yeah, loners. but now they're big and strong. And now they have these opportunities to be successful. And, and then, you know, you also have these guys who are just crazy, you know, who are just like these guys who grew up fighting or like grew up in a really tough you know, upbringing, and now they have this opportunity to make money. And then now you're finally starting to get, like, okay, I was a, I was a college, you know, NCAA wrestler. I was an Olympic, you know, Henry Cejudo. I was an Olympic champion, champion in wrestling. I was an athlete, and now I'm transitioning into this sport. So you have this, like, crazy group of people who have all of these different personalities and all of these different, like, paths to get to this one sport. What I mean, the stories, I think, sell mm. themselves. And also, MMA is not what it was 20 years ago you know it's not like someone jumping in a cage and like poking the other guy's eye you know it's not these big crazy like steroided out monsters this is like a sport it's very technical you know I drill the same things over and over and over again and there's strategy involved and there's like if you want to win you have to have a plan 
You can't just go in there and, and slug it out, which I know some people like that. And there are still some fights where you slug it out. Well, no, but I think there are people who are turned off because they think it's so violent. And actually, oh my it's goodness. not like well, that Well, I mean, if, you know, you look... Okay, this is my whole thing. Like, uh, people, uh, everyone always watched boxing, right? Like, back in the day, like, it was like, everyone was like, oh, you got to go to the fights. That's the, the, that's the big thing to do. MMA is less violent than boxing. In boxing, if you get hit, you get an eight count to stand back up. Do you know what that does to your brain to get hit and then to hit it again and again and again and again? In MMA, if you get, if you get, go down, like, you're done. They stop the fight. You don't take that, like... Reoccurring damage over and over and over again. It's actually much safer and mm. much less violent, in my opinion, than like, oh, I just knocked somebody out, but he gets a chance to stand back up and try to keep fighting. That's insanity. Like, that's like concussion, like craziness, right. you yeah. know? At least here you have a, a better chance of like recovering. You ever seen North Dallas 40? No. Classic football movie with Nick Do I Nolte. need to watch it? It's just great. I, mean, I it, love sports movies. And it's so. decades old, but it's still so true okay. and dead on about the NFL. But, yeah, guys will have these gruesome injuries. They take them back into the locker room, oh, yeah. shoot, shoot them, them full of something, like, get back out there. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it's insane. There. No, MMA is not like that, you know. Wild. And it's, it's like I said, it's very much, it's evolving very quickly into a sport. You know, they're, you know, take what we're doing, for example. The, the PFL is, has all this new technology where they're going to be able to measure, like, caloric output during a fight and punching power and punching speed and like you know when you throw a kick you know what is the impact of that like all this amazing technology so you can learn to train smarter and train better I think it's you know sky's the limit and then for the fans it's good for the stat heads of course like everyone although I'm not I'm not at that level of no but sports fans for whatever reason like they they love the stats they love to see that like I always exit velocity of a home run I think it would be this is like one of my favorite like ideas and theories like about the Olympics I always thought they should have one average Joe like compete in each sport just so you could see like this is actually what the athlete is doing like can you imagine if you just had like you know Joe Blow from down the street compete in the hundred like people would be like oh my god that person is way faster or if you had like like, Dan the reporter and then yeah exactly just die from like one punch you know (laughs) (laughs) you had them like get on a judo match and not know what they're doing and like See how difficult really like what, what these athletes do really is. I think that'd be such a great concept. Um, the other news I saw this week about PFL was adding a weight class. That's right. And, and tell me about what that means. I mean, is that gonna is well, that basically so like is a featherweight equivalent? So this is the first ever female 155 pound weight class, um, first division, first tournament style. Anyways, they have there are some like smaller promotions that have 155 women's, but this is the first real big promotion to take on that women's weight class. Um, and I think it's big just in the fact that a lot of people, including real hardcore MMA fans, don't feel like there's a space for it. You know, that's so frustrating to me, someone coming from a sport where, you know, in the Olympics there are seven male weight classes and seven female weight classes. And we fight the same amount of time and we get the same amount of money and we both get gold medals. Like, there's no difference, you know, between females and males. And I think hopefully the by doing something like this, by saying, okay, you know what, no, we're, we're not going to have you know, only one tiny, tiny weight class. We're going to we're gonna expand. We're going to open it up. You know, first they start with this weight class, and then maybe next year they have another female weight class and, and, and another and another and another. So eventually it is equal to the men. But the sport is still young for females. You know, we're, I would say, a good 10 to 15 years behind the males in terms of just, like, wow. being able to fight, like, on big cards. You know, Ronda was the first female to ever fight in the UFC, and that was... Only a couple years ago, you right. know? The UFC started in when? Like the 90s? Well, and I think that's what's so interesting about her story and how famous she became because even though you say that women's sport is behind the men, she became arguably the most famous MMA fighter, period, right. for a while. Right, but that's because it was so 
unique. There yeah. weren't that many women competing. Yeah. And now you're starting to see the women competing on a high level. Not only that, but also like their styles and their their abilities are growing exponentially. You know, you're not seeing one-dimensional fighters anymore. You're seeing like these well-rounded MMA fighters. Right. Um, I want to teach and instruct our listeners where they can watch. Like when the season starts, mm-hmm. going to be on ESPN2, ESPN+. Plus. When does the 2019 PFL season start? The 2019 PFL season starts, I believe, May 9th. Uh, I don't know if we like released that yet, but I, I okay, we released well, we can it. always, <laughs> um, and it'll be a Thursday nights on okay. ESPN. I think ESPN Deportes, ESPN Two, and ESPN Plus. Awesome. Um, so please tune in. That's great. Uh, I want to wrap up this way. I always, when we have pro athletes on here, I like to ask about sports other than theirs. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite sports to watch? Your favorite sports to go to games. Um, I love going to baseball games. You know, I've been in Boston. I was based in Boston for the, my entire Olympic career. So Good baseball obviously, town. Yeah, it's the greatest. <laughs> I mean, Boston is the greatest sports town in the world. No Correct. question about it. Thank you, so, yes. Um, I, I'm a big baseball fan. I like watching football, too. You know, there's nothing better than Sunday just hanging out. But, like, my boyfriend is obsessed, so he watches, like, every game. NFL. I, yeah. And I'm okay with just, like, okay, let's watch the game. Right. Like, one game, that's fine. But, um, you don't want to watch Jets Dolphins at one o'clock. Yeah, I'm like, who does that? Like, we don't <laughs> care about these people. He's like, it's on my fantasy team, and I'm like, this uh, is right. okay. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Bye. Going to the beach. <laughs> yeah. I'm not but a um, guy yeah, baseball. I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, standard. I love MMA. That's all I watch. Awesome. I watch it all the time. Now. MMA, the name of the game. All right, great stuff, Kayla. Thank you so Thank much. You very and much. Uh, everyone should check out the PFL. We'll be monitoring how the league does, considering these interesting new business deals, and we'll be covering it at Yahoo for sure. So, Kayla Harrison, PFL fighter, thanks for joining us. Okay, that is Yahoo Finance Sportsbook. We come out every Thursday morning, and we want to hear from you. Whether you are interested in the PFL or an MMA writ large, let us know. Tweet at us, comment, email, etc. And remember that you can rate, review, and subscribe to Sportsbook on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Goodbye. Goodbye.